Well, we're back again speaking with Sue Collins from Mountains Tales, but this time we're not talking about a particular location or a particular person or place. We're talking about how the Blue Mountains evolved and how some of the towns evolved and how the Blue Mountains became the Blue Mountains today as we know it. So, Sue, again, thank you for your time and your knowledge. Thank you very much, Graham, for the opportunity to speak to you. Now, this is quite extraordinary. In fact, pre our interview, we're talking about just how much information there is and, and how entertaining it is. So let's look at where things started in the colonial days. Abs- uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, so, Graham, of course, we all know the story of the three explorers finding their way through the bush in 1813, but it wasn't long after that that um, the villages, as we know it today, started to evolve, and they started to evolve in that colonial period or in that Macquarie period, simply uh, as, uh, as places of military depots along the way. And uh, say, for example, Springwood. Uh, Springwood was actually named by Governor Macquarie uh, as he wrote in his diary back in April 1815 that he stopped, uh, stopped at a nice, uh, a nice brook with a lovely spring and he named it Springwood. So that some of the um, beautiful villages that we have through the Blue Mountains go go way back to that colonial period. Now, some of them actually adopted the name of um, something Mile Hollow based on the distance from a location. So firstly, where was that location and how far up the mountain did those Mile Hollows go? It went the the whole way, 17 Mile Hollow, 20 Mile Hollow and and such like. Uh, Where it started was Emu Flats. Of course, we know that these days is Emu Plains. And um, it was simply a marker along the way. Uh, a good example of that, of course, would be 18 Mile Hollow, which we know as the Woodford area, but Bull's Camp particularly. Now, that was a, a, a convict stockhold back in the 1840s and simply known as 18 Mile Hollow and eventually taking on the name Bull's Camp because the, uh, the captain was Captain Bull who was in charge of the convict camp. Fascinating. Now... You've identified a couple of locations here that really have a great history, that being Glenbrook, Glenbrook, Springwood, Lawson, Webber Falls and Blackheath, each of which have a real attachment to the colonial days. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit on those places? The, um, uh, well, starting with Glenbrook, Glenbrook's quite interesting. The name of Glenbrook actually came from Sir John Jamison. And these days, of course, we know Jamison, uh, Jamison Valley is where it is, has been named after him. He named a creek around the area back in 1815 as Glen Brook, two separate words like spring wood. So that dates back to uh, to that time. Uh, Lawson, however, Lawson actually dates back um, to uh, to. Uh, uh, to when it was actually called uh, a little bit of a swamp, unfortunately. So apologies to anyone listening to us right now from uh, from Lawson. Of course, Lawson uh, was simply known as um, uh, as a swamp way, uh, way back in um, 1825. That's how that was uh, that's how that was named, um, and uh, originally named by John Oxley. And that's in 1817. Uh, he simply called it Christmas Swamp. Why did he call it Christmas Swamp? I think it's probably because he was passing through around the Christmas occasion, so come passing through in summer of 1817. We then moved forward to Wentworth Falls, and Wentworth Falls originally was called Weatherboard. So uh, there was a Weatherboard depot there, uh, simply a Weatherboard building, that William Cox, he's a man back in 1814, that was building the road with his convicts uh, across the Blue Mountains, and he decided at Weatherboard he would build a, uh, a depot just simply for supplies to be laid there, and then that would then be turned into a military depot in later years. 
And then we move forward to Blackheath. Blackheath changed its name within a couple of weeks of, uh, of itself. So back when uh, Governor Macquarie, when Governor Macquarie was doing the a journey of discovery in 1815. He was travelling with his wife and about 50 good friends all the way from Sydney out to uh, Bathurst. And on the way out, he named the area we know now as Blackheath. He named it Hounslow, named after Hounslow just outside of London. But on his return uh, journey, he actually noticed how how black and how um, how dark the heath, the um, uh, the flora was in that area. And the name was changed to Black. Heath, again, two words which we've moved uh, locally to to be one word, so Black Heath. So there we are, some colonial connections where the words were simply notes in diaries uh, that have now evolved into the villages we know now. The, the Blackheath one, I, I heard a story once that um, said that on his return trip he'd completely forgotten he'd been there before and, and then decided to name it again. <laughs> That probably wouldn't surprise me. Absolutely, it was one of his. Um, uh, it was actually one of his colleagues travelling with him that had actually made a note uh, of, of readdressing it as Blackheath. So, um, yeah, it does certainly date back to uh, to May of eighteen fifteen when they were passing through. And of course, the next evolution we have up in the mountains is when the the road really went in, and people could then travel further and faster. So the places you've identified as being significant for that were Blacksland, of course, Valley Heights, Linden, Woodford, and. Victoria. So tell us a bit about that. So what happened next is, of course, we started to have military depots um, established in the places we've just mentioned. And then as people started to travel across, travelling out to the Great West, and this was people moving with everything that they owned, uh, a horse and cart or, or simply, uh, you know, driving horses or sheep or what have you, uh, going across the mountains to these fertile lands further out west. And as they travelled, they needed places to stop. So Blackson was uh, the first one there, and of course that started as a, an inn called Pilgrim's Inn. And uh, and still today we can find the um, the evidence of uh, Blackson uh, and the Pilgrim Inn at the back of McDonald's. It's awful that that's the case that we say that in modern days, but it's still there and available to to see. Um, and then Valley Heights, Valley Heights then took on a uh, a pub there, and um, and the um, uh, and so to uh, Linden Woodford and Mount Victoria. Of course, using the one there at Woodford, uh, that of course is we know it now as the Woodford Academy. But back in the 1830s, that was called the Woodman, and then also changed its name to the King's Arms. So what was happening aside from the colonial establishment villages, um, we then started to then get these uh, villages established for inns, and uh, and so what that was is how far a person could travel. So you might be able to walk about 10 or 15 miles each day. So there was accommodation available. Now, here's a challenge. You couldn't do Airbnb, of course, back in those days. So, of course, if you got there to a certain location and it was um, uh, already full, um, then you you needed to move on or, or, or camp for the night. So they, these villages were established just simply as places to rest and take water, uh, both for the animals and for the um, and for the people before moving on uh, to the next village as people uh, moved across. And, and going back, of course, in those days, travelling from Emu Ford all the way out to um, to the Hartley area, of course, that's where Collett's Inn was, um, you, you, you could, you know, you could take a journey there depending on how much, um, um, uh, how long your, your train was. And when I mean train, of course, the, the carriages, uh, you might have been able to, um, you know, do that journey in about four days. So you were certainly stopping a lot uh, along the way there. 
Well, thanks, Vatsu. Let's pick up the final categories um, in our next podcast, which we hope won't be too far away. So again, thank you for your time. Before you go, tell us a little bit about Mountains Tales. So Mountains Tales, we do walking tours of upper mountain villages. We do a Katuma story and a Lura story, telling the story of those particular uh, villages um, and uh, and really kind of an opportunity to to learn about the history of the villages. What's quite interesting about the uh, tours is that I get so many locals on board. I love when I have visitors come and visit, but um, uh, but I get so many locals that are interested in learning about our own backyard. So they're nice, easy walking tours, two hours, and um, at the end you'll certainly get a new appreciation for both of those villages. Well, I can certainly say as a local, a 40-year local, um, Ros and I have done both the tours and I was just blown away by how much I didn't know and I, I, I thought I was reasonably knowledgeable with local history I think you're pretty good there Graham. Give pat yourself on the back for, uh, for your knowledge there but great to speak to you today about the, for the colonial and the early uh, Bathurst Road Inns look forward to speaking to you in the future about uh, the evolution of other villages uh, throughout, uh, throughout the Blue Mountains Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us at askros.com.au and our Facebook page, Ask Ros Blue Mountains. Thanks again for your time.